lunchtime sports sandwich with Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Enjoy your lunch with our fun-filled McPherson Radio Sports Show every Thursday from 1215 to 1. Nathan and Steve will dive into and take a few bites from all your favorite local. Miller gets it back out to Alexander. Cross court to Madrid. Thought about it. Drives the baseline strong and he dunks it home. Wow. He took off outside of the box. My goodness. College. One thing I did want to say, too, is Iowa basketball beat Iowa State 105 to 77. 28-point <laughs> victory, biggest ever. So any Iowa State fan again hearing this, ha, 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 ha. And pro sport. Fulmer working quickly. And the 6-3 right-hander brings one. And Michael gets into one, hammering it deep to left. That's a way back, and that ball is gone. Home run, Michael Franco. Mahomes in the shotgun, fakes it to Edward Hilaire. Sprints to the right side. He's throwing it long. Throwing it long. He's got Tyreek Hill over the shoulder. Touchdown, Kansas City. So grab your food, get your drink, turn up that radio, and enjoy your lunch with the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on McPherson's Radio, 96.7 FM KBBE, and online at midkansasradio.com. And now, here's Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Got me hot. And welcome in to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on 96.7 KBBE. Nathan Sajon alongside Steve Sell here as we uh, have another episode and we got another, uh, we got a lot of sports to talk about. We got a lot of basketball to talk about, a lot of high school basketball to talk about, specifically coming up on Friday. Uh, McPherson traveling to Circle should be a fun one in Tawanda. And then next thing you know, we're getting into some tournaments, Steve, before you know it. But first off, let's talk about uh, McPherson High basketball on uh, Tuesday. Kind of an adventure in Augusta. Uh, first time, my first time being down there. For, first time ever being down there. Um, and McPherson girls get the 70 to 31 win. Boys, not so lucky, led 38-30 to going into that fourth quarter and then let it slip away there at the end. A tough loss on the road, but either way, they got to turn around and get ready for a circle tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, Coach Kinneman will be back tomorrow. He informed me this morning that uh, he will be out of protocol as of tomorrow, and is, uh, he says he feels fine, feels great, no more symptoms. Uh, uh, that's good to see, and I think the Bullpups have really missed him. You miss that fire on the sideline, you know, uh, the intensity that he brings, uh, you know, his team's play, you know, they, they kind of react to his intensity. And, and I thought actually for three quarters, they played superbly against Augusta. Uh, again, another slower pace game. The Bullpups have kind of slowed things down uh, since the uh, calendar flipped. Uh, it was 38-30 going into the fourth quarter. And then uh, the three-point shooters for Augusta, got loose we didn't get a hand in their face and they made a bunch of wide open threes they give up 30 points in the first three quarters 22 in the fourth and lose by five so tough loss there bullpups five and three that's why this game on friday at circle is so important circle is a very high scoring team they've got a guard named drew milton that had 31 points uh, against el dorado uh, they've been over 70 their last two games and every time we play at tawanda it's always a high-scoring game. Circle uh, likes to play fast. Uh, they don't play a lot of defense. But, uh, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that says our goal is we're just going to try and outscore you. So that should be an entertaining game. But, of course, the big the big game on Friday is the McPherson girls in Circle. Uh, both teams 4-0 in the league. Both teams have just, you know, ran over the other four teams in the league. Uh, this is kind of how it's been every year 
here in the last three or four years, it's been McPherson Circle, and then the other teams just aren't very competitive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's how McPherson does with Circle determines the league. Fortunately, the Bullpups have been able to win both games with Circle each of the last few years. And uh, the games at Tawanda have been very close. Uh, there's been some years with, you know, we were actually behind in the second half down there, came back and won. But, uh, you know, uh, very important game on Friday. Bullpups have done a pretty good job against Circle at home. Uh, at the roundhouse they've been a double digit winner there but circle's got one of the best players in the cook girl she averages about 20 a little left-handed guard uh, they've got some post players as always inside uh, they've got the former el dorado player maddie michaelis she averages about 13 points a game she's their point guard uh, you know she was el dorado's best player for a couple years then transferred last year uh, to circle so um, you know for the boys Getting back to the boys for a second, this is big because they turn around and have to play the McPherson yep. Invitational on Monday. The girls, though, will get a break, clear up until the Mid-America Classic. They were supposed to play Andover Central, in which would have been a titanic game, one of the best games in the state because Andover Central is either one or two, I believe, in 5A. And, of course, the Bullpups have been ranked too much of the year in uh, 4A. They've dropped it a little bit recently when they had those two losses. But um, for the boys, what a brutal stretch of games. Uh, two road games this week, and then three games in the Invitational against Manhattan, Shawnee Heights, May South, all bigger, you know, bigger schools, uh, play tough competition. It is going to be a meat grinder for sure. It is one thing I did want to get to. You mentioned that Coach Kinneman's going to be back for the boys. That's going to be exciting for them uh, to see this uh, team have his have their leader back. But either way, I did get uh, information as well that Brendan Galloway, a junior for uh, Circle, is going to be. He actually injured last uh, on last Friday, and they don't know if he's going to be back. He's one of the starters, so that they could be down without a starter in that game as well. Kind of makeshift lineup, and I think that's kind of how everybody's dealing with right now. Now, obviously, we talked about COVID, and it's a fluid situation, but that's also how you have to do it. We talked about uh, on the ride back from Augusta, Steve, we talked about Darian Gibbs kind of establishing himself more in this Augusta game. Look to see him improve going forward, but he's one of those players who's kind of just starting the season, really, because he had to be out a little bit at the beginning, and now he's finally getting his legs under him. So I, I feel like these last two games, Augusta and Winfield, are not the, in my opinion, not the full McPherson team we ex we we've grown to know and expect, and I expect them on Friday to really come out and, and play a lot better. Uh, you did mention they did play good through those three quarters against Augusta. It was just that fourth quarter got away from them, and you got to you got to give credit to Winfield. You got to give credit to Augusta, and you got to give credit to every team that faces McPherson. They get they bring it because it's McPherson. Well, exactly, and uh, you know the Bullpups. Even if their record this year isn't, you know, after eight games, normally they're eight and zero, seven and one, something like that. But uh, there's a bullseye on the bullpups' back, both boys and girls. I mean, McPherson is the gold standard uh, by, you know, throw out Miege. I mean, Miege doesn't count, but McPherson's kind of the gold standard. You know, the teams, uh, you know, that, that they look up to, and uh, uh, for the boys this year, we kind of knew. Uh, you know, we had a bunch of new guys playing. We have no size. And that's, you know, you mentioned Darian Gibbs. He came off the bench. I, I haven't uh, – Coach Kinneman, uh, you know, I haven't talked to him. He does stats off the film for road games. I don't keep rebounds because, you know, we're doing so many other things. At home games we have the Optimus crew. But I'll, I would be willing to bet that Darian Gibbs had seven or eight rebounds. 
got on the floor after some loose balls. His teammates fed off his energy. Uh, and that's what he brings to this team, defense, rebounding, physicality, and some height. I mean, without him, you know, we're 6-1 and under. You know, we'd be great in a 6-1 and under league. But, uh, you know, everybody seems to have a 6-4, 6-5 kid. Augusta had two 6-5 kids. Mm-hmm. And yet I thought the Bullpups did a pretty good job on the boards in that game. So uh, you might see more of uh, Darian Gibbs. You might see more of Mason Miller. He brought good energy too. So uh, one thing that's really, I think, kind of hampered the Bullpups since Christmas is the three-point shooting has just dried up. Yeah, uh, Our three-point shooting is just uh, – it's, it's just not been there. Um, the other night – uh, I think we had what three, and the you know the game before we we missed 17 of our first 19, and we're getting the looks. We're just not making shots. So uh, we got some guys that are a little bit you know in a, in a shooting funk, but uh, you know shooting comes and goes. Yeah. And all you have to have is have that one big game, gain that confidence, and you can shoot your you can shoot your way out of any slump. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you, and I think that's what's great about Darian Gibbs ca- coming on at this moment when the shooting's down. At least you have that big presence inside, you know bringing the physicality and, and bringing the energy and I I give credit to him but I really I've told you all year I love Mason Miller I think he his energy and, and the way he plays he's just not as big as right. Darian Gibbs so if those two can come out and bring the energy and get those rebounds and give those second chance opportunities um, when the shooting is off it gives us gives McPherson a better chance of of getting those second chance points and you know you look at the record right now five and three hopefully a win uh, six and three on Friday. I look back to a few years ago. I can't remember what year it was. I want to say maybe 2016. The Bullpups were 6-4 and four, uh, after at the halfway point of the season. They wound up playing for the state championship. So, you know, long way to go in the season. A lot of things can happen between now and, and the postseason. And uh, the goal is just to get better every game. And, uh, again, I think for the boys, they've got to, you know, offensively, they've just got to, play with a little more urgency they're they've, they've really gotten into this kind of one man pick and roll type game things like that taking people dribble drive taking people off uh they're not passing the ball as much for the girls uh the three-point shooting kind of came around a little bit mm-hmm. on tuesday that's something they need to continue to do because you know they're not big inside this is this is really a strange year for both mcpherson teams and they have no post presence neither team has a post presence Peyton Howard is masquerading as a post player, but, you know, she's actually a, you know, she would be a three player or mm-hmm. a four player, but she's done a great job uh, inside, you know, always giving away size. But I don't know what her field goal percentage is right now. She was five of six uh, in the game the other night. I think the game before she was like four or five. So Peyton Howard really uh, using her, act, you know, her smarts around the basket, very smart, taking advantage of what her teammates you know, setting her up. And that's the other thing Coach Strathman uh, has been very happy with since the break. A lot of assists on baskets. You look at the, about 70 to 75% of the McPherson baskets have been off assist for the girls. Yeah, it's going to be exciting down in uh, Tawanda uh, on Friday, 545 pregame for that girls game. And the boys will follow tip-off scheduled for six like normal. And you can get all that action right here on 96.7 KBBE. Already confirmed that we will have a spot there to be able to call that game so you can listen to it. We will be up in the corner like always, I am sure. We're very far away from the action and my tired four eyes have a hard time (laughs) time you know kind of seeing the action especially you know if it gets on the other end uh, i'll I'll bring my binoculars there you go there you go but (laughs) but you know it's interesting circle uh you know tawanda is a town of 
You know, it's like a, just a spot on the map, but yet it's got a gym. It's just beautiful. Probably seats close to 1,800 people. So uh, it's always a nice place to play. Very nice gymnasium. I cannot wait to see it. Just like I, I was excited to see Augusta. That was a great gym as well. Either way, again, that game's coming up on Friday. We do have other area games coming up on Friday as well. Mound Ridge at Hutchinson Trinity Trinity Catholic. Uh, Little River has Rural Vista on Friday, and then they have Sacred Heart on Saturday. Back-to-back games there. We're supposed to have Elyria Christian in the center, but that one was postponed and moved to January 30th. Inman's at Sedgwick. Smoky Valley will host Heston and Canton Galva will host Gossel all those games again coming up on Friday and then right around for McPherson the boys turn around and right back to action on Monday as we get ready for the 57th annual McPherson Invitational Basketball Tournament Uh, first game will be against Manhattan the Indians of Manhattan I don't even know if there are I think they're changing the name up there for Manhattan uh, to their school name. Either way, that one's going to be 7.30 on Monday with a 7.15 pregame. And we'll have all those games right here on 96.7 KBBE. But looking at those area games, Steve, is there anyone that really stands out? I think Smoky well, Valley Heston. Well, Smoky Valley Heston's been, you know, a really good uh, rivalry. Uh, I would say the Heston boys have a pretty big advantage in that game. Uh, Smoky Valley's girls have really closed the gap on Heston. Uh, Coach Vanderwig's team, 4-2 and two on the year. Matt Richardson's Heston Swathers are in a bit of a rebuilding year. Uh, they got, you know, defeated pretty badly on Friday by Nickerson, but Nickerson's going to do that to a lot of schools. Nickerson, a very good basketball team. Canton Galvagos, of course, those two schools, uh, you know, they're only separated by, what, eight miles, something like that. <laughs> Mound Ridge at Hutchinson Trinity, you know, the Mound Ridge boys have really picked it up since Christmas, but Trinity will be a good acid test for them because Trinity put it on Inman the other night, but Inman played very well for a half in that game. Little River boys are just running roughshod over teams. It's interesting, you know, I, I get the stats, and it looks like in the first quarter, Little River has the game over every game by the end of the first quarter. Uh, what was it the other night? 31-2, to two, I think, in the first quarter. Little River boys scored 60 points in the first half, and I'm assuming that was probably a school record. I can't imagine that they scored 60 points and a half ever. But then Inman-Sedgwick would be a tough game again for the Inman boys. That's a team, you know, Coach Frey's, uh, uh I'm in contact with him. He's, he's frustrated right now. He just says we're not playing up to our – talent level uh, Inman girls have kind of you know figured it out since Christmas they're playing very well so uh, again that's that's the schedule for Friday uh, it's it's too bad you know on Saturday we can't have the coaches here like we used yeah. to hopefully we'll be back to that next year and then of course next week begins tournament week in fact I need to email all the uh, area coaches and get uh, brackets on the tournaments they're playing in yeah it's going to be interesting this is the time of year again where we have a lot of basketball and it, and we mentioned all all year it's a fluid situation so these tournaments right now scheduled in and everything's peachy keen if you will but we'll have to see how it goes moving forward again i did say mcpherson will be taking on manhattan a one and three manhattan squad coming up and i did get confirmation from my guys back at uh, 1350 kman in manhattan uh, mitch the fort fortner uh i've been he'll be down here for the call on on monday saying that that team is one and three um they're not the best or as good as they as good as they've been over the past couple years but um they've been dealing with covid uh, all they haven't been able to practice or play all semester so far all this second semester rather and they will actually get to back to practice tomorrow to play get ready on on monday so it'll be interesting they'll be be practicing on saturday as well and 
you know, teams aren't supposed to literally practice on Sunday. I don't know if there's a rule that says you can't practice on Sunday, but I got a feeling the gym will be open up for shoot around. But, you know, Manhattan's always, I know they're Mm -hmm. one and three, but, you know, and they haven't practiced, but they'll be very athletic. They'll be bigger than McPherson. And uh, I'll guarantee you, they will be highly, highly competitive. All three of these games for the Bullpups are just crucial because McPherson stepping up in class, playing much bigger schools, have a lot bigger talent pool to draw from. But uh, Shawnee Heights has had great tradition. Manhattan's won the Invitational a couple times. Mays South, we all know, you know, Mays, Mays South, when it comes to basketball, football, they're good in everything. Mays just has a tremendous talent pool of players and athletes in that city either way next week monday will be the first game mcpherson manhattan at 7 30 the first game will be mays and shawnee heights at five o'clock but our first broadcast will be mcpherson manhattan 7 15 pregame for that one just remember monday thursday saturday yeah. monday will be manhattan thursday uh will be shawnee heights and then on saturday will be mays south yeah, all- and it's just gonna seem so strange the pomp and circumstance <laughs> yeah. you know all the pageantry of the invitational you know, there's a lot of people that go out there from game one, stay till game 12. They don't miss a single game. Uh, it's just, you know, thank goodness uh, a bunch of sponsors have stepped up to help with the tournament because, you know, that's a big moneymaker for McPherson High. And this year they went out and, and got sponsors for the tournament. I think there's four levels. And, and those businesses and individuals that have donated a big pat on the back to them for helping keep this tournament, you know, alive and, and going 57 years uh, i think my first one was the 15th or the i think it was the 15th annual that was my first one now it's 57 that tells you how long i've been around yeah you talked about you know everything surrounding the games and how it's different this year uh, on fr- oh, sorry on tuesday to be at augusta and just to even have a pep band for just a pregame was a little bit different it's it it's interesting we talked about it beginning of, of the basketball season we didn't know what to expect luckily it's been a little bit louder and we haven't had to use the Jim Nance golf voice all the time <laughs> um, but still it's it's going to be interesting it's going to be different and uh, at least you get to listen to it right here on 96.7 KBBE as Steve Sell and myself will be there to call all the action so hopefully you can enjoy that either way time to take a break here on the lunchtime sports sandwich we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more the lunchtime sports sandwich after this on 96.7 kbbe your board of public utilities asks are you looking for ways to save on your winter heating bills saving money on your bpu bill can be as easy as one two three number one lower your thermostat by two degrees to save as much as four percent number two during daylight hours open drapes and blinds to gain the maximum heat through the windows and number three check your furnace filter monthly. Keeping your furnace properly maintained will reduce energy consumption and save you up to 5% on your heating costs. This message from your friends at the McPherson Board of Public Utilities. Farmers Insurance Group and Agent Brad Forsberg are two names you can trust with all your insurance needs. Brad can help identify the insurance that best fits you. He prides himself on giving each and every one of his clients the individual attention they deserve. Give Brad a call today at 620-504-5133 or stop into his office at 1607 North Main in McPherson. Farmers Insurance Agent Brad Forsberg, ready to help you with all your insurance needs. Banking is different these days, but at People's Bank, we're here to help. You can visit us at any of our drive through locations or utilize one of our 16 ATMs, many of which accept deposits. 
You can even bank from home by visiting us online at peoples.bank or use other features such as mobile banking, People's Pay, or our new Apple Watch app. We understand that you have banking needs. And just as before, we will continue to be here for you. People's Bank and Trust, member FDIC. McPherson Center for Health welcomes Dr. Ruth Lehman Weens to our team of exceptional healthcare providers. Dr. Weens is board certified and specializes in family practice, including obstetrics, and has a special interest in women's reproductive health. She is now accepting new patients and looks forward to positively impacting lives in our community. Call today to see about scheduling an appointment at 620-241-7400. Not too hot, not too cold, but just right. Goldilocks may have been talking about porridge, but here at RC Heating and Cooling, it's all about comfort. This is Julie at RC Heating and Cooling. We know you want a comfortable home as well as a comfortable budget. For the next few months, we're offering a 12-month, no-pay, same-as-cash financing and up to a $1,200 rebate on a new heating and cooling system. At RC, you can get just right comfort for just the right price. Call us, 241-2787. That's 241-2787. Happy New Year, Kansas. It's 2021 and time for something different, like switching to Next Tech Wireless. Want new devices? Mix and match five devices with unlimited data for $125 a month. Love your phone but not your provider? Switch and get $20 off your monthly bill. So bring the whole family to Next Tech Wireless. Get new devices on us or bring your own. Spend a new kind of quality time together. Next Tech Wireless. We are Kansas. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. Welcome back into the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on 96.7 KBBE. Nathan Sage with Steve Sell as we turn the page and get ready for uh, some NFL talk and some college football talk. we got to recap, obviously, the National Championship Alabama routed Ohio State. You called it, Steve, 52-24 Alabama. And I was watching that game, and one of my friends, Steve, said, tweeted out right at the beginning of the game, it already feels like this game is over. As soon as Alabama got the ball on offense and went down the field and scored you knew that Ohio State was going to have trouble and they did uh, Heisman winner Devontae Smith three touchdowns in the first half leading the way coach Nick Saban wins his seventh national championship passing Paul Bear Bryant for most all time since 2009 Alabama and Saban have won half of the BCS and college football playoff national championships I'm trying to laugh get through that Alabama it has now 18 national championships they're like the Yankees of college football um, but either way congratulations to them um, you know you got to give it give a credit to coach Saban and and his program there um, he Went from Toledo to Michigan State to LSU, also in LSU and the Miami Dolphins, and then to, to Alabama, and he's had nothing but success when he got to Alabama. Well, I wrote a column on Monday that this is the greatest college football team of all time. And, you know, I feel like I've watched college football since 1965, so I got a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Miami had some incredible teams when Jimmy Johnson was there, uh, Dennis Erickson. But this Alabama team, where they're different than everybody else. You know, all the great teams have the great quarterback, great receiver, great running back. But where Alabama differs from all these other greatest teams of all time, offensive and defensive Mm -hmm. line, don't be surprised if all the offensive linemen and defensive linemen for Alabama, uh, by the time they graduate or go pro early, 
they'll all be in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. they dominate at the line of scrimmage. I mean, Mac Jones is great. You know, he's a great quarterback. But I'll tell you what, you put, you know, a good quarterback behind that offensive line and you have that much time to throw. I mean, he never gets pressure. Yep. Uh, he can, and, of course, the receivers – you know they had the best receiver in the country. They had one of the. They had the best quarterback in the country. Uh, they had probably the best running back in the country. They had three of the top five Heisman Trophy award winners. Uh, so there's a reason Alabama. I, you know, they, no one even came close to them this year. But you know, I, I I did take exception. Somebody told me, well, they could beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know that that's getting a little carried away. Yeah. No college team is going to beat an NFL team. I just. I can. I mean, the NFL game is so much faster. Everybody's so much stronger. You know, those running backs trying to turn the corner, say on an Ohio State or a Clemson, you try to turn the corner against Jacksonville, and you're going to get lit up. So, forget the fact that Alabama. You know, just forget the thought that Alabama could actually beat an NFL team. No, they couldn't. It wouldn't happen. Um, I remember when they used to play in the old days. Uh, oh, the All Stars. The college football All Stars would play. Uh, the NFL, of course, the NFL teams handled. There was a, I think there were a couple years maybe the, where the All-Stars won, but, you know, the pros probably didn't take that game very seriously. But anyway, Alabama, it was their year. You kind of knew it from the start. And forget having an eight-team college football playoff. We don't have four teams that are competitive oh, with yeah. each other. Alabama has separated themselves. Clemson and Ohio State have separated themselves from everybody else. Those three, te- those three schools – are just so much better than everybody else right now. It's whoever wins between Clemson and Ohio State, they play Alabama, and that's the way it's going to be uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, you do have those one-hit wonders and the Michigan States, Wisconsin, or those teams that pop up there. Um, well, Oklahoma, and the problem with Oklahoma is they don't play defense yep. like you know Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. And, you know, in the Big 12, there's no emphasis on defense. It's basically a conference where people outscore each other. And, you know, and, and the Sooners are a great program, but they never have the defense to, you know, make that run to the championship game. And I'll say this. I'm probably upset people when I say this, but Big 12, if, you, if you're a Big 12 fan and you're like, oh, well, Iowa State could have been there. Okay, here's what I'll say real quick. And I, you obviously have heard my feelings about Iowa State. They struggle against Iowa every year. Iowa, and that's a, a big rivalry. But Iowa is known for having offense and defensive line just kind of like that Alabama. So take that times 10 against a team like Alabama, and you're going to get run out of the building. So I don't think Iowa State should even – that thought process should not even have been there. Either way, I will also add to your point, too, about Alabama and, and those offensive linemen, that's why I think Clemson actually won the national championship a couple of years ago because they had that great defensive line, Shaq Griffin. All those defensive linemen and the offensive linemen, they were able to compete with Alabama. And I think right. that's kind of that key for all these teams. If you want to compete with Alabama, you got to match them first, offensive, defensive line, and exactly. then Exactly. The game's won in the yep. trenches. It doesn't matter. I mean, that was shown uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence against Ohio State. They didn't have the Clemson didn't yep. have the offensive line this year. He took an absolute savage beating in that game. Ohio State put a beat down on Clemson that game. Ohio State and Alabama were clearly the two best teams. Notre Dame, nice story, but once they get to the <laughs> Final Four, they get blown out every year. They keep saying, "Well, one of these days we're going we're, we're knocking on that championship game door." Not going to happen until yeah. you get some linemen. Yeah, it, it, right now, Alabama. And that's all I even say about the SEC. It's not even the SEC that's best. It's 
Alabama way up there, SEC conference, all the other Power Five conferences and their their top teams. Alabama by far since 2009 when Saban got there. And that's why I'm I'm happy. I'm an, obviously an Iowa fan. Iowa beat LSU in 2004 in the Capital One Bowl, and that was a Nick Saban team. That's why I can say Iowa beat Nick Saban, but go. different because Nick Saban is on a whole different level. And I know a lot of people don't like to see that winning over and over in Alabama, winning over and over, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Exactly. And they are by far the best. Now moving forward to something we can all agree on, by far the best Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs getting ready for some playoff football coming up on Sunday. They got to have a familiar foe, Cleveland, but Kareem Hunt's going to be coming to town. So good be, could be an interesting uh, game in that one. Obviously, last weekend was a wild card weekend. Uh, Buffalo took care of Indianapolis on Saturday, 27-24. to On Sunday, Baltimore beat Tennessee in a game that we thought was going to be just what it was. 20-13 to was that one. And the surprise, sorry, Chuck, Cleveland took care of Pittsburgh 48-37 to in that one. And that one, not even – well, it, it was closer, but the first quarter was the end for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that one. In the NFC last Saturday, the Rams took care of Seattle. That actually kind of surprised me. I thought Seattle would get that win. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Fighting Tom Brady's took down uh, the Washington football team 31-23 to on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the New Orleans Saints had no problem with the Chicago Bears who struggle offensively. Um, but either way, now we're looking ahead to uh, this weekend. Have some great, great matchups, Steve. And I don't even know how to call some of these ones. Green Bay takes on the LA Rams on Saturday. That's the first game in the Buffalo Baltimore that's going to be a contest and then on Sunday like we said Chiefs will be taking on Cleveland and the Saints will be taking on Tampa Bay again Sunday's Kansas City divisional round game against Cleveland is the last Chiefs broadcast this season on FM 96.7 KBB as the NFL owns the rights and will not allow team radio networks to broadcast so just a reminder it's going to be 205 kickoff one one o'clock pregame right here on 96.7 KBBE but again looking at those games this weekend i know they're all great games but what one are you what one are well, you most excited I, I wrote a for column about this today and i just love these uh matchups the, the one i don't really have a great interest is green bay and yeah. the rams because i think green bay uh dominates that game but one thing that gives the rams a chance they are the number one ranked defense in the nfl statistically but it's they're going to be in green bay Chance of snow flurries during the game. The Rams coming from California. They're not going to like the cold weather. But the other three games, I can't wait to watch. To me, the best game of the weekend, Buffalo and Baltimore. And I may have to go into witness protection program because <laughs> I keep saying it. Whoever wins Buffalo-Baltimore is going to be in the Super Bowl. I know Chiefs fans are going to stone my house and <laughs> slice my tires or whatever. But I just feel like Buffalo and Baltimore – Kansas City may have been the best team for much of the season, but I'm all about who's hot now. We don't know, you know, what the layoff will do for the Chiefs. Maybe that'll revitalize them, and I could be totally wrong. I've got the Ravens beating Buffalo. I've got the Ravens in winning, you know, in the Going, Super Bowl yeah. and winning it all. But I just think Baltimore Buffalo is going to be a fantastic matchup. I am concerned about the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, Cleveland has, you know, the best one-two running back combination in the league. We've seen that Kansas City defense. It, get, it struggles to get off the field. I think either Baltimore or Cleveland can run the ball fantastic, you know, on the Chiefs. But can they outscore Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. I had the Chiefs winning 38-31. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of defense in that game. And New Orleans and Tampa Bay is the final game of the weekend. 
and I'm taking a flyer. I'm 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 picking Tampa Bay uh, to win this game, even though it's in uh, New Orleans. I I've watched New Orleans the last few weeks, and I haven't been impressed, overwhelmed yeah. by how they. I mean, they only beat the Bears what twenty-one to nine, something like that. And offensively, Drew Brees can't throw the ball more than about twenty yards downfield. And now Alvin Kamara, great runner, but Tampa Bay's pretty good against the run, and Tom Brady has just been absolutely on fire throwing the football and they've 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 reeled off a pretty good streak now so i'm picking tampa bay to upset new orleans and then in the other game like i said i got green bay winning i have baltimore winning i have kansas city winning and i have tampa bay winning. i'm gonna be different than you okay so i'm gonna say well one thing i i'm trying to through see past my hatred um i'm not a big fan of the green bay packers obviously being a vikings fan but i will think i'll, I'll say this in my opinion if there's going to be a surprise team that gets to the NFC Championship and possibly the Super Bowl, it's going to be the LA Rams because of their number 1 defense. I'm not really I have never been sold on Green Bay all year mainly because I'm a Vikings fan and I watched Minnesota go into Green Bay and beat them down earlier this year after they had already lost to them earlier in the season. So I'm not really sold on it. I think Green Bay is more of a one-trick pony with Aaron Rodgers, well two two-trick pony if you have and Dante Adams other than that. I'm not too scared of that team. So I think L.A. might have a chance in that one. So I'm going to call an upset in that one. I'm going to say I think L.A. could spoil Aaron Rodgers' uh, time in Green Bay. I want to say Buffalo is going to beat Baltimore. And See, that wouldn't surprise me. The, the reason I say it, though, is because Baltimore is more of that – kind of run the game you know what you're getting out of baltimore right i'm not obviously we haven't seen teams stop it very well but if if, if baltimore wins it's going to have to be the throwing of lamar jackson and not the running well, i think lamar jackson winning a playoff game is just going to oh. totally change him moving forward he doesn't have to you know hear that talk anymore uh, he's got that playoff victory under his belt and uh, again i i said it to, you know, if you go back to the very first day of the yep, year, yep. I had Baltimore and Seattle in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Seattle yep. with all their injuries that kind of decimated them. But uh, I'm I'm not off. I'm not getting off Baltimore. Now I'll say the reason I say Buffalo as well. They're more of a balanced attack offensively as well. And Josh Allen playing out of his mind he right really now. Is. That's yeah. going to be a good. That, I mean, that's going to, in my opinion, and I think we agree, is going to be the best game of the weekend on Sunday. I'm going to take Kansas City just because of the experience over Cleveland. I do think Kareem Hunt is going to be a man on a mission in that one. Uh, Nick Chubb as well, and that's going to be a hard thing. We saw last year Kansas City had to stop Derrick Henry to get to the Super Bowl. They had to stop the run to do it. Uh, they're going to have to do it again, stopping the run against Cleveland. I'm going to say Kansas City gets the win and gets to the AFC Championship game. As far as Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Tell me this game two, 10 years ago with Tom Brady and Drew Brees would have been oh, so much more yeah, than what it is. Yeah, both in their 40s. Yeah. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay, too. I just don't think, like you, I, I don't think New Orleans is playing and what we've what, expected. And that's what the playoffs are all about. It's who's playing the best yes. in the playoffs. It's not what you did during the regular season. Yep. It's who's playing the best football going into the playoffs. And I've said it, I think Baltimore and Green Bay are playing the best football of, of you know in their respective conferences moving forward the afc's definitely got the strength oh yeah oh uh, hands down probably the best four teams are in the afc 
Either way, that's what I'm going to say. Tampa, I'll say Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, and L.A. with the upset. I'm going to call that upset, and we'll see what, what happens next. We'll, we'll see what happens. Either way, the championship game coming up on Sunday, the 24th. That's actually my birthday. Mm. And last time a championship game was on that that I can remember. I know it's happened many times, but it's 2009. I don't like to remember it. That was the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints. That was the worst birthday part. <laughs> birthday present was that overtime game. Yeah. Either way, Super Bowl coming up on February 7th. But again, we got to get to one more break here on the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. We'll come back. We'll have a little bit of me complaining and we'll uh, talk about some this day in sports. Either way, we'll take a break and be back with more after this on 96.7 KBBE. Hi, friends. This is Dana Sammer. People often ask me if and when they can switch from one Medicare supplement to another. The answer is that you can switch at any time, but it must be approved by the underwriters of the new company. In other words, if your health is good, you may be a candidate to switch companies to save money, for instance. Call me, Dana Sammer, with the Alliance Agency at 245-4861, and we can discuss your Medicare needs today. Or stop by our office on the second floor of the Warren Place. Thank you. Whether you're reimagining your backyard or transforming a few acres into a field of dreams, let Prairie Land Partners show you how easy and affordable it is to own a John Deere. Go to prairielandpartners.com. Click on the PLP Builder to build, price, and buy a compact utility tractor, mower, gator, or skid steer. Get started today at prairielandpartners.com. Delivering the right solution. You need a new car or truck. You found the perfect vehicle. Now, what about financing? You can save on your next vehicle purchase, whether new or used, by financing through Great Plains Federal Credit Union. Rates are very low right now. New auto loan rates are as low as 3% APR. Used auto loan rates are as low as 3.25% APR. Get pre-approved, then make your best deal on your next new or used vehicle. Great Plains Federal Credit Union, 720 North Main in McPherson, with offices in Salina, Hillsboro, and Abilene. They will work with you. Member NCUA. Janet's doing it. So is Fred. Bonnie's all over it. Same with Omar. Tim's been at it since February of last year. Corey started the year before that. And guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? Why they're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. And they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? You ready to get at it and save? To start driving safe and saving in McPherson, call State Farm agent Jim LaDuke today. Discounts may vary. Not available in California, Massachusetts, New York, or Rhode Island. Your McPherson Board of Public Utilities offers a few winter safety tips. Keep space heaters a safe distance away from any combustible materials such as bedding, drapes, or furniture. Close window coverings at night to keep heat indoors and open during the day so the sun can warm your home. Don't heat unused rooms, closed doors, and registers. Clean or replace your furnace filters monthly. Every degree you lower your thermostat saves up to 3% on your heating costs. Never attempt to move a fallen power line. Call the BPU emergency number at 620-245-2560 during working hours. Call 620-245-2554 after hours. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on 96.7 KBB. One last time, Nathan Sage joined alongside Steve Sellen. And now, as I got to turn that off really quick, because we got to get, as soon as I can, we got to get to my uh, 
Nathan's complaint of the week. So uh, there's a lot of things that I felt <laughs> that I felt like I could have complained about. Uh, first off, I'll, I'll go through the nominees. One of them was uh, James Harden. Um, not a big fan of him. I'm not a big fan of being a crybaby. I'm not a big fan of um, fighting your way to. I, and I, you can say the same about uh, Davis from the Lakers, and and that same. Like it's it it happens more in the NBA. Right. But I feel like if you want out of a team or you want to move out of your situation, you wait to the off season. That's just my thought, um, unless it's really really bad. But the thing that drives me nuts about that, and, and it'll get to another. That's just mine. Is He's the one who brought people to Houston, got them the team that he wanted. They didn't win it. And now because they didn't win it, it's a bad situation. Yeah. And now it is what it is. So that's that's my thing on that. And I, I know you don't want to deal with it, and you, but the way he went about it and the way Kawani Leonard and, and all those players have gone about this, it, it makes them look like crybabies. It makes them look like they, they give up. And I don't know. James Harden was on a team with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And we, they didn't do anything. So I don't know what he's gonna hoping for in, in with the Nets, but after you have that caliber on your offense and, and caliber on your team and you don't win a championship, maybe the you're supposed to look in the mirror is what I would say. Either way, that's one of my complaints. The next complaint I have is that college football game coming up. Oh, sorry, came on Monday with a national championship. I love watching national championship. I love watching the Super Bowl. I love watching the World Series. I watch all of them, obviously. What I cannot stand is on a weekday in prime time it'd be different it was if it was a friday or if it was a saturday and i get it you don't want to compete with wild card weekend you don't want to compete with the nfl but i think it'd be great if we could have the games for the nfl normal time on that saturday and then lead up to college football on that saturday as well mainly because we like to have now 2020 is different but you like to have watch parties you like to have people over have a good old time and those games because they're such big games, they have extended halftimes, extended pregames, and extended postgame And stuff. more commercials. Exactly. And so because of that, people like me and Steve who have to be in here at 7 o'clock in the morning and have to do our, our jobs, it makes it hard. And I'm not trying to say that I'm a baby myself, but I'm just saying, wouldn't it make sense for people in America to who are going to watch these games to be able to watch them in comfort the entire way through? Yeah, and... You know, in my case, Alabama had such a, yep. you know, dominating performance. They were so far ahead. I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. I made it through three quarters and, and called it good. I mean, it was pretty evident. It was all Alabama. Nothing was going to change. So there was no reason to stay up to the end. I figure if anything crazy happened, I could read about it the next day. But, but no, I, I you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it on a Saturday night or, uh, you know, maybe they could move up the New Year's Day Bowls and play them a little earlier and play the championship game on New Year's Day. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing the national championship yep. game on New Year's Day. There's no reason, you know, they have to have that big a delay yep. and just play it on New Year's Day. So, um, no, I, I don't have a problem with your complaint this week. I think I, I can't complain about your complaint. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I do. I remember when I was in the Army, I'll say this, that the 
greatest thing about my leadership then was they let us come in late. We didn't have PT in the morning on Monday after the Super Bowl. So we got to have the Super Bowl party come in a little bit later. Uh, I know a lot of businesses will do stuff like that. But in my opinion, that shouldn't even be ha- had to be done. Um, either way, that is my complaint of the week. This day in sports I wanted to get to because I hate the Boston Red Sox. So I'll get to that in a second. But either way, 1951, the first NFL Pro Bowl was actually held. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, American Conference beats National Conference. Uh, eight, 28 to 27. Otto Graham, a Cleveland Browns quarterback. Number 60. Yes, was the now, MVP. I wasn't, I, I wasn't watching football in 1951, <laughs> but I remember Otto Graham. He wore number 60 and was just a terrific quarterback. Cleveland, you know, they had a dynasty back in those days. And getting to uh, this day, 1976, Ted Turner becomes the CEO of the Atlanta Braves. And I'll say this. Say what you want about Ted Turner. Atlanta benefited from him taking over, and they had some uh, 90s that you mean from was 91 all the way up until 99. 14 division championships in a row. Yeah, Ted Turner, of course, was a he was a uh, yachtsman, you know, he he captain, you know, in the I don't even remember what they're called now. What's the what's the cup for the uh, oh, I don't I could tell you. Oh, god, it's it's just it's just uh. Uh, it's escapes me right now, but Ted Turner is quite the yachtsman, and uh, uh, he had some great baseball teams, and uh, he's still alive. Yep. Uh, you don't hear much about him. He's kind of in the shadows now. Um, you know, you don't hear much about him. I think he's had a lot of health problems for yeah. one thing. But uh, anyway, Ted Turner was uh, really good uh, with Atlanta Braves organization. Spent a lot of money. Yep. Had the Superstation. You know, yep. TBS. And, and, you know you. One thing you could, you know, back then you didn't have every game of baseball on every night. All you had was the game on Saturday, uh, you know, game of the week, except for the Atlanta Braves on the Superstation. And that's when the Braves had some really bad teams. Gosh, I can remember Rick Mailer and uh, Pasquale Perez getting lost on Interstate 285 around Atlanta. Missed his start. So, anyway, um, uh, there were some really bad Braves teams. I remember when Rick Camp, who – he averaged about 040 in his career. He had a home run. They about lost their mind. But but on those Braves games, uh, you know, there'd be about 500 people in the stands. But you know, but you had Skip Carey, Pete Van Weir, yep. Ernie Johnson. They were the big three, and they were kind of and they were called America's team. Yeah. And the only reason they were America's teams because they were on TV every night. They had some bad teams. Went a long way when you go from that to. Uh... Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, the pitching staff for them for a long time, and Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones and all those great Braves from Ted Turner and in the in the 90s. Either way, that was back in 1976 he took over. 2020, just a year ago, Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora is fired amid Major League Baseball's investigation and a sign stealing by the Houston Astros. Cora was previously the Astros bench coach before moving to Boston. But guess what? It's all good because he got hired back this year after the season what a joke it was i i wanted to say that was a complaint that i had as well uh we get i don't know slap on the wrist he got fired and then right back as the coach so well he's going back to a team right now the boston red sox you know they had such a great run there from about you know about until last year a year before they are in a major rebuild they've got a big payroll and uh, not a lot of players on. They're, they're losing a lot of their good players. The Red Sox are going to be in a – they're not going to be very uh, uh, 
you know, in in the run in the running for a while. And I will not shed a tear for that. Either way, birthdays this day, 1984. Mike Pelfrey, he was born 1984, American baseball player. He's actually a former Wichita Shocker, so he went to the University of Wichita State. Played for the Wichita, uh, sorry, played for Chicago White Sox, Detroit Tigers. But I remember him mostly as a twin and a New York Met. And he's from Wichita Heights High School. Oh, there you go. He was a pitcher for Wichita Heights and uh, was an all-state pitcher. Uh, what he was known for, about six foot seven, uh, had a really, you know, kind of a sidearm like motion. Uh, had a few good years. I always kind of thought maybe the Royals might take a mm-hmm. flyer on him. Being from Wichita, they never did. He had, I think, one really good year, and then about the rest of his, he was very mediocre the rest of his career. But one year, he put it all together. I think he won something like 15 or 16 games, but it's always good to see a major leaguer come out of kansas yeah congratulations sorry happy birthday rather to him it's weird i have the he's a year older than me and a year and well like a week either way sorry a year and 10 days older than me either way happy birthday to him but that is going to do it for this week's version of the lunchtime sports sandwich again we will be on the air tomorrow uh 545 sorry a 545 pregame for that girls basketball game down in circle might be just a few minutes later than that because yep circle is the one place in the league they start freshman at 415 so if the freshman game runs late it might be 605 when we tip off but if you know generally we have a long time you know we were at gusta the other night we watched the freshman boys there's a good 10 or 15 minutes before the girls even took the court so we might be a few minutes late but right now 545 is the plan uh, airtime. And if you missed that game, tune in Saturday morning for the High School Coaches Show, bright and early, 8 o'clock in the morning. Steve and myself will be here again, so you can get all the recaps there during the High School Coach Show. Either way, this is going to do it again for this version of the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. Until next time, you got to catch me on the flippity flip. That's going to do it for this week's version of the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. I hope you all enjoyed your lunch with a side of sports courtesy of myself and Steve Sell. Until next week, go Bulldogs. Go Bullpups. Go Wildcats. Go Jayhawks. Go Royals. And go Chiefs. See you on the flippity flip. Catch you on the flippity flip. Catch you guys on the flippity flip. Flippity flip. Okay. See you guys.